Hey guys, and welcome back to Best Practice TV. In this episode of Talking Business, I'm talking to Simon Bedard from the Exxon Advisory Group. So my question is, what are the key drivers for increasing value in business and focusing on the big picture and the right stuff? So if you're somebody who's working in an organization, helping the founder grow that organization, if you're a founder growing an organization, if you're thinking about starting an organization, if you're thinking about becoming a startup, in this episode, we're talking about the most important things to be focusing on when you are growing a business, scaling a business, and maybe down the track, think about exiting a business. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me on. How are you going? Yeah, very well. So, um, so in, I'm interested, you know, we've been obviously talk, talking off camera about big picture. Mm. Um, just tell us, like we'll, we'll get into it really quickly for the viewers, just tell us about kind of the really big picture about what your mission is. Um, our mission is to fundamentally help business owners on their journey, right? And, and that, you know, it's not just the owner themselves, it ultimately is their team. But I, I sort of liken business to a marathon, right? Most people get into the marathon because they like going for a run, they do their journey, they run for the 42Ks and they get to that last 100 metres and then they often trip over. <laughs> um, most people, there's lots and lots of information out there on how to get into business. There's lots of information on how to run a business. There's not a lot of information talking about well, what is the end game. And I guess our approach to things is you actually need to reverse the cycle, reverse the thinking. You should be thinking about what is the ultimate end game and then working backwards. Like, like any goal in life, right? You, you don't sort of just start taking steps and think, well, we'll just keep changing direction. It's what are we trying to achieve and then what is the best way to get there? Um, so what I will say though is, you know, when we start talking about value, a lot of people jump straight to the, oh, it's about selling the company. It, it's not. It's actually about saying, if we're going to go on this journey, yes, we'll recognise that there is an end game hey, we're all human, we all exit one day whether we like it or not, right? So there is that human element to it. But it's saying whilst we'll work with goals and the end in mind, how do we drive and deliver the most value along the journey? And that's not just about sale price. So ultimately our goal is how do we help people on that journey? How, how do we help them get really clear and understand what drives value? And how do we help people actually get clear on what's important to them as the individuals in a business? Um, you know, I guess I, we're, we're big believers that nobody's actually born to do business. We're all born to live our life. And, and fundamentally, your business should be just a vehicle for delivering you the life you want. And that, by the way, relates whether you're a business owner or you're working for someone else, right? You're, you know, your, your role in an organisation is there to deliver you the life you want. So how do we help people have better lives? That's a great one. Like, and I think um, I'll use the word business and investment interchangeably. Yep. You're there, you know, Simon and the work that he's doing with his team, it's there to help people use their investment. In this instance, let's talk specifically business, in mm. that niche of business, to deliver the life you want. And that's the thing I've, you know, I've had, you know, as a business owner and, and, a, and, a, and an operator over the last 17 years is this pendulum swinging when it kind of goes really good and then all of a sudden we turn around and say, actually, it's going really good. It's a really good investment. I couldn't take the money out of this and put it anywhere else and have it do it better. Yeah. Absolutely. And so that is, you know, one of the things I really wanted to kind of, the myth I wanted to bust in this interview is that, you know, the prospect of working with, you know, someone like the Exit Advisory Group from a team member's perspective is it's a good thing for team members because if you're working with someone like Simon, then team members could get scared that, oh, the business is going to get sold and what does that mean yeah. for me and I'm not going to be there. Yeah. 
you know, and it, I, and it's, I a think, com, it's a common misconception with the name, right? I mean, absolutely. I think the, the name Exit Advisory Groups does scare a few people. And I've had to actually had clients stand up in front of the team because I've presented at conferences and whatever. First of all, we're not selling the business or, or actually exiting. This is actually about understanding the cycle of life and the cycle of business and, mm -hmm. and being really, really clear on what we're all trying to achieve together. Mm -hmm. So, so that's, that's a really important message for everybody. Yeah, awesome. So tell us who is Simon? Mm. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll put the uh, LinkedIn handle, your LinkedIn handle in the description below this video, but who's Simon and what's Simon passionate about? Yeah, look, um, from a personal perspective, look, I'm, I'm married, I've got kids. Um, to me, you know, family is everything. Um, and I don't just mean family as in your, you know, your blood. Uh, I, I'm one of these people who, I went to a boarding school. You know, there's people there that I, I grew up with that are, you know, in a lot of ways closer to me than a lot of my, my blood relatives, right? And I think that's a fairly common experience for most people. So to me, I'm very much about the people in my life and, and how we enjoy this experience, you know, called life. <laughs> mm. um, and, and how do we get the most out of that in terms of fulfilment personally? Um, so how do I sort of, I guess, take that to business is very much about helping people also capture that themselves. Um, and so, as I said before, I think, you know, really, I think people get into business because it's kind of almost opportunistic. It's, hey, I'm great at um, building widgets. Um, for whatever reason, I'm not working there anymore. So I'll start, a, I'll just go and do my own widgets or I'll consult on widgets. And so people fall into a lot of business, but I think they also fall into a bit of a trap and they're not using that vehicle, that asset to really drive something purposeful and meaningful beyond I'm going to pay my bills and just do what I need to do. Um, so as I say, I think there's a missed opportunity there for people. I think people can spend 30, 40, 50 years in a business doing that sort of stuff. And then when they get to the end of it, they can feel very, very disappointed. Um, disappointed on multiple fronts, right? Like, hey, I am actually exiting and I want to sell the business because I want to retire. And now I'm not getting the sort of money I need from my business to deliver the life I want. Um, or, hey, it's come to that time I'm exiting and I just don't feel fulfilled. I don't feel like, what have I really done with my time over this last 40 years? Um, there's no sense of deeper achievement. Um, you know, and then we start questioning how we spend our time and there's regrets and all this sort of horrible, horrible stuff. And, and that's the marathon analogy, you know? You run 42 kilometres. I always remember, and I, I, I should have looked up her name, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but the, she was an Australian Olympic athlete and she did the, the walking marathon. And literally, it was it was twenty meters from the end. She got pinged for a final offence, and she was out. Yes, you know? I remember that. And you yeah. sort of think, oh my goodness, you've gone so far, and then you, the finish line's there. You can almost reach out and touch it, and that's when you trip over, you know, or you you have some fatal flaw. I, I, I just I see a massive injustice around that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think business owners and and people in general deserve better than that. And, and I just think that that outcome happens a lot because people aren't thinking in advance and preparing for this fundamental transition in their life. Yeah, yeah. I recently read um, uh, an interesting book. I won't, I won't name it at this point in time. Let's just talk about the case study. But it was talking about Henry Ford. Yeah. And it was talking that Henry Ford was the very first person kind of to document the label mastermind. Mm. Um, mastermind being... Not what you would typically say is the mastermind now, but um, the mastermind of 
you know, where, where there's someone online who's a learning guru and as they've got a group of people and they're calling it a mastermind. Yeah. Henry Ford was saying, no, 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 the mastermind is an assembly of great people yeah. all contributing to kind of one mission and all putting their, you know, their, their insights in. You know, they, they, they represent a knowledge branch yep. and we've got a bunch of knowledge branches that make up the tree and it's all about this kind of one focal point in the center mm. with, you know, masterminds or masters of their mind around the outside. Yep. So... With that in mind, who are some of the key stakeholders or key key groups that you would be working with on a project when you start working with uh, someone in in a in you know in, in a journey in part of, in a step in that journey that you talked about? Yeah, yeah. So, and and I think it depends on what stage you're at in that journey, right? As to what kind of team you're going to pull together. Um, you know, an early stage business looking for massive scalability and growth is is probably going to have some different focuses and a different team as opposed to the established stable company that's that's looking to maybe um, bed down risk and they're quite often more defensive and things like that versus somebody's actually going through an exit process, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you know, the exit process for what it's worth is, you know, really, I mean, let's get rid of all the jargon and all the stuff out there. I mean, there's really only two ways people exit. You're either gonna sell in one shape or form or you're gonna hand it over to somebody else in one shape or another form. Um, so. Even those two options have, have two very different teams and project focuses, right? So, so if I can be more a little more holistic to sort of answer your question, you know, I think when you look at a business and you talk about how do we drive value, really I think there's this kind of top-down and bottom-up approach. From top-down, you know, we're at 40,000 feet. What are the core big things in a business that every business really needs to look at in one way, shape or another? And, and that's... You know, there's planning elements, you know, business planning and understanding markets and all that sort of stuff. There's planning, leadership, sales, marketing, operations, people, finance, legal. Those eight buckets, and, and uh, excuse me for all the, you know, some of the academic view on it, you know, that's kind of a classic MBA-style approach to it. Um, you know, what are the big moving buckets in a business? And some will have less focus on, say, uh, you know, perhaps legal than they do on maybe sales and marketing or whatever because they're structured in a way that it's just not as bigger impact in their business. Mm -hmm. um, but it's about looking at a business through the lens of those eight buckets and saying, how do these eight buckets, sort of mini assets, mini teams within your business, how are they delivering on the broader mission and driving greater value in your business? So, um, so that's very much the top-down approach. Bottom-up, it's, it's kind of a different sort of... Um, a different sort of angle on things when you're trying to solve a particular problem, um, and I will use selling your business here as, as an example. Um, if you want to sell your business, there's going to be some fundamental issues out there that people look at. There's going to be typical challenges and problems that you come across. Um, things like concentration risk in your business and things like dependence on the owner, and there's all those sort of bottom-up tactical issues that people need to look at. So I guess... To answer your question, who do you have around you? It's about understanding the nature of what you're trying to achieve. And then I believe taking this top-down, bottom-up approach and saying, well, who fits into these sort of seats around this table to solve those very, very specific problems? Yeah, awesome. In terms of actually thinking over, say, the last five years in, in what you've been doing, what's the question that a lot of business owners don't ask? Yeah... The, the question they don't ask, um, I was going to say, you know, one of the common questions they do ask is, is what's this thing worth? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and I would actually say that's the, the flip side of that coin is there's not enough people actually asking that. Mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, I, I think a lot of people are out there saying, how do I grow my business? How do I get more leads? How do I close more sales? All that, and, and all of those are very important and relevant questions. But how do they actually feed into uh, a more simplistic view of your business? And, and let me sort of rephrase that in a different way. If I was to track one single number in my business or, or in the business of my clients, you know, the one metric that tells us whether or not we are improving our company, it would be the value of your business, right? And, and yes, there are lots of different valuation methodologies and all that, and we won't get into all that technical stuff today. But at, at the end of the day, if you start the year and your business is worth a million dollars for simplicity's sake, and you get to the end of the year and your business is worth $1.5 million, well, that's been a, probably a good year, right? You've actually grown the value of your company by 50%. Now, funnily enough, you may have done that without actually increasing your revenue, <laughs> mm. right? And, and so the value of your business to me is, is the number one metric that most people should be looking at. And I'm not saying go and do, you know, there's different, as I said, different yeah, form, yeah, yeah. You know, formal valuations, but understand from a perspective of what it's worth. And, and this is why, you know, share prices are the most publicised numbers on the planet, right? You know, it's because if they, you boil down all the big volumes of metrics and numbers, what are the shares worth? Because that tells me how much it would cost me to buy that company today. So I think that's a really, really simple lens for business owners to consider their own sort of world and, uh, and help them refocus on what really delivers the most value to them. Why do you think they don't ask that question? Like... Like, you know, we're talking about this, like, you know, when they kind of engage with you directly, mm. what's this thing worst? I'm busting to ask that question, by the way. Yep. And we will ask that. Yep. Um, but um, what is, you know, and we've considered it in the past, but, mm. but why do you think business owners aren't asking that question? Uh, do you think they're scared? Yeah, I do. And I also think there's a lot of business owners who relate asking about their value to them wanting to get out imminently. Um, oh, no, no, no. I don't care about my, I have no intention of selling. Selling is only one reason why you want to understand your value, right? Um, you know, one of the biggest things, of course, is, you know, what if you actually want to launch a new pro project and you want to double the size of your business and grow in a new area and you need funding? Well, actually knowing what your business is worth is pretty important if you're going to get, get investors, you're going to approach a bank for funding, um, you know, all these sort of elements. Um, but even if it's not doing a new project to go take over the world, if I can actually look at a business, and I, we do this every day, of course, and I look at those various eight buckets and say, well, actually, you're really underperforming in these two areas. And by simply implementing some better process and system in your business, we can demonstrate a, a very specific increase in the value of your business. And by the way, you didn't have to go and sell more and get more leads and close more and deliver more. It's just a simple function of cleaning up your house and making it better. And we were able to add 20% value to your business. Like, wouldn't wouldn't you do that? You know, it's I mean, it's it's low hanging fruit, absolutely, and, and and it's high impact. So, and, and and I think that's a big part of business is that we all get caught up chasing shiny things, right? What's the latest thing? Oh, my neighbour told me I've got to be doing, you know, uh, whatever it might be, <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 yeah. The latest fad. Yeah. Um, and I think to some degree we kind of get a little bit caught up in all that sort of stuff and. You know, and I think we've talked about this before, but there's never ever a shortage of ideas of things to focus on. Actually, the biggest problem is narrowing it all down and picking two or three things that you're just going to get done, right? And I think that's what we try to look at with clients is what is the 
easiest to implement, but highest impact things that we can do in your business today that drive the greatest value. Mm-hmm. And let's just pick a couple of those and get them done. Mm-hmm. Making an assumption that you know a business you know is an organisation and it's not mm-hmm. a kind of a one man you know micro business. Yep. What's the question that teams aren't asking? Yeah. Look, I I think this comes back to to what we were talking about at the beginning is not having a good appreciation and understanding of what the right and left hand are doing. Mm-hmm. Right? People have their areas of expertise and I think the way that the, the business world or certainly the corporate world in Western society is developed is that, hey, we're going to go through this really detailed recruitment process, et cetera, et cetera, and here's a really defined job and we're going to have really tough metrics around this and you're going to be measured. And so people... We put the focus on that. And so people say, well, I need to tick those boxes. That's what you expect of me. That's why you pay me. But often that is in very much in isolation, right? So I think, you know, not just from a company performance perspective, but actually from delivering a sense of purpose and happiness to your team, it's, it's upskilling them and helping them understand the different areas of the business and not just understanding how they work with each other, but understanding how what you do over in this area whilst on days may seem very mundane, delivers enormous value to these other parts of the business. And in fact, you're really, really critical and you're really, really important. Mm-hmm. If you're thinking about, you know, let's call this a cooking show and, and we're doing cooking demonstration. We're talking about, um, you know, uh, building businesses and building business value. What are three things that a team member or a business owner can do right now? They mm. can kind of pause this video, stop listening to the interview, go away and do these three things right now? Yeah, look, I, I think you've got to actually sort of stop and and take an assessment of where you're at. Um, and, and in actual fact, that it's a bit of a cheat answer to your question because that in itself requires more than sort of three things. You know, there's more than three elements to look at in your business. But if we use the, uh, let's use the map analogy, right? Like everybody knows how to read a map. They open up these days in Google. My kids laugh at me still about the old book directory. But fundamentally, you open up a map because you want to work out where a certain location is and you need to know where you currently are today before you can start mapping how to get there, right? So there's there's two critical critical points on that map. And then potentially various paths, right, on, on how to move from point A to point B. I just think a lot of people can sort of somewhat articulate where they want to go. Um, I, I'd argue that that's not always the most important thing, it should be more value related rather than we want to hit X revenue this year. Um, So some people can articulate where they want to go, but they very rarely can really tell you in detail where they're at today. Oh no, but we're doing this revenue, we want to do that revenue. Yeah, but why is that revenue actually important? What are you trying to grow for? What is the purpose of that growth? Um, Is that the most meaningful and, and purpose and value driven kind of exercise you can be focused on? So I think to a degree there's a, where are we today in terms of the business? Where are we today in terms of our individual sort of requirements? Um, and, and that, whether you're an employee or a business owner, that relates, right? Why, where, why am I here and what do I want to get out of this? Um, and now how do I align um, mm-hmm. between our goals and objectives and the companies? Yeah, right, okay. So, so to quickly summarise, where are you right now? Where do you want to get to? And then... You know, what are three different options, if you like? So they're the first three things that you can do. If you're considering driving value in your business, and I'm thinking about that right now, and I'm thinking, you know, okay, well, where do we want to be? I already know that. Yep. Um, I don't know exactly where I am right now. I've got a pretty good estimate, you know, on some really rough numbers. Um, 
I'm not entirely confident on the right path. Yeah. I know there's kind of three different paths potentially. Yep. And so if you're somebody who's like that, what's the path to take? Simon Jumet. Um, and the Exit Advisory Group is is the place to go on that. Yeah, and thank you. And, and, and I think a big part of that knowing where you're at, I think we all fall into this trap of going, well, I know my business, right? And, and far too often, I think, we get really comfortable in what we do and there's a lot of stuff that sits in our blind spots, right? We, we, you don't know what you don't know. And so I think that that set of external eyes, you know, this is why people have people in a mastermind. They, you know, they hopefully have good accountants and people they can go to. But, you know, taking a holistic approach, you will undoubtedly find things in your business that you didn't realise were an issue. And, and as we were saying before, some of them can be actually quite easy to fix. So um, so I think it's, it's taking that look at the business and looking at your business from six different angles, that's really how you triangulate where you are today. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I'd say. Keep an open mind. It's it's there's a there's a lot to this, but there's a lot you can be doing um, that will drive an enormous amount of value in your business and for your people. Yeah, that's awesome. You just touched on something which I think is worth just quickly commenting on: is accountants are not the people to be telling you what isn't isn't valuable in your business. Fundamentally, particularly here in Australia, accountants are there to help the tax office have tax collected properly and accurately. Um, there are some accountants we'll kind of touch on this, but fundamentally here in Australia, particularly and in most places around the world, whether it's the Australian Tax Office or the, the IRS in the, in the US, uh, for you guys, your accountant, it's important to have someone there because you don't want, you know, in this business here, we don't want to give too much of our working capital to the tax office. Because if we make a mistake, that's the reality is that's what happens. Yep. So we build up a tax liability and we shift all that cash to the tax office. Now, I'm more than happy to pay tax, hmm. but we want to be informed to ensure that we retain as much working capital as possible that can continue to help us to grow. So just be mindful if you're watching this video that it's not about going to your accountant and saying, hey, I want to grow my business uh, because your accountant's going to get a dumb look. And that is one of the biggest complaints I get about accountants is my accountant never gives me any advice, never helps me with anything. Mm. That's because they're there to help you accurately record and pay tax. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 you know, fit for purpose, right? Um, and let's be honest, the accounting, the accounting world's evolving and I think there's a lot of transition and accountants are trying to evolve into business advisors and all that, all that sort of stuff. And that's excellent. I and support that. A, a, absolutely. But at the end of the day, if, if you are looking to grow from a $5 million business to a $10 million business, um, you've got to kind of ask, well, is the, has the accountant done that themselves? Like if I want to go and, and fix my car, I'm not going to go to a plumber. So at the end of the day, I want a guy who fixes these cars and he's done this a million times. He knows the ins and outs and knows the trap for young players. You know, that's, that's the sort of specialist skills that you kind of need if you want to, you know, do any sort of specific goal. Um, so, yeah, as, as you say, account, accountants are certainly good at doing the accounting calculation and, and doing calculating numbers, but when it comes to a lot of the operational issues, it, it, it can sometimes yeah, be a bit yeah, missing. Yeah. yeah. Fun question. What mm. advice would you give your 30-year-old self? Oh, well, that's me today, right, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Um, what would I give my 30-year-old self? You know, I'd, I'd probably say to myself, mate, take a deep breath and, and don't, you know, when I go back to when I was 30, I was running hard and fast. And look, and I think most of my staff would tell you I still run very hard and fast. But, you know, you can very easily get caught up in the small stuff. Um, you know, you feel like you've got to be constantly moving to be doing something good. 
and when in actual fact I think over the last few years and certainly having kids has taught me that sometimes actually the best thing you can do is stop um, and, and just really take an assessment of your environment and what's going on and, you know, <laughs> circling back on what we were saying before, right, just get clear on what it is, what is it that we're actually trying to do here and, and being clear on why that's important to you because it's, uh, you know, I think we've all, well, certainly I won't speak for everybody here, but, you know, I've had my times and been stressed and been in corporate and been in different environments where you're just feeling an enormous amount of pressure um, and, and sometimes a lot of that's self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah, take a deep breath. Um, stop. The world is going to keep going, and um, you know, just get get down on what's really, really most important to you. So tactically, for me, you know, that is a ten k run this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so for you, what's that? What's that? What is it today? Like stopping and taking your breath today. Mm. What does that look like for you? Do you know what it is? I, I I think there's there's a couple of elements to that. It's it's your life. It's your business. That you know, these are the various legs of the stool that make up our lives, right? Um, so, you know, my wife and I, we, we talk about this stuff a lot and, and from a personal perspective, it's, it's time with loved ones mm-hmm. um, and, and yes, doing activities that are fun and, you know, we're not the kind of people, I'm, I, I have, you know, I, I'm happy to go and drive a nice car but I don't aspire to own a Ferrari, for example. Cars and things like that aren't my You see aren't my, my truck thing. out the front? Yeah, yeah. yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but that's about getting outdoors and doing mm. kind of different things, right? Mm. That's, that's a fulfilment thing. Mm. So working out what that is, um, for me, it's time with family and, and travel and new experiences. Like that's, mm. we love doing that. Um, so when you work out that that's actually really, really important, actually now, how do I get my business to help deliver on that? And what we know is we don't need to take over the world. We don't want to take over that. We don't want to become the corporate that we all spend a lot of time escaping from. Um, so, you know, I know that when I wake up in the day or if I finish my day, it's been a good day when I've helped people. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of this, by the way, is not for money. Um, you know, you'd know this more than anybody, but, you know, you get on that call where, or, you know, or the Zoom and you see the lights come on and you realise that in a couple of questions you've actually managed to change someone's entire perspective um, on their business, on their life sometimes. Um, that, that's kind of where it's at for me. That's, that's been a good day for me. Um, and, and so the more I can do that, the happier I am. And, you know, of course, balance that with a bit of exercise and keep the brain and body working. It's, that keeps the whole vehicle moving, Absolutely. Right? 100%, 100%. And, and I think I, you know, I, I absolutely concur with that. It's, it's about taking that step back. And for me, it's about saying, well, you know, I've got a friend of mine who is waiting to have his brand new McLaren delivered. You nice. know? And he's like, he said to me on Sunday, he's like, I don't want it anymore. Like he's been waiting nine months for it and it was kind of inspirational and it's, you know, it's almost a million dollar car. And he's, he's just saying to me, he's like, the, the emotional experience I'm going to have driving that car, I can get that emotional experience doing something completely different yeah. because it's the same emotion. Yep. You know, you know, exhilaration, for example. Yep. Exhilaration driving car, exhilaration doing something else. Like, you know, you can go and pay $1,000 and jump out of an airplane with a parachute. Yep. Uh, get the same level of exhilaration and adrenaline. So I think that the advice I give my 30-year-old self is... Yeah, like, you know, a lot of people will get into business because they want to have toys. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Like, toys are great um, and, and, and whatever that toy is that you're chasing. But I think you're right. As you, as you do get further down the path, you start to reflect on that and you say, actually, I compromised and sacrificed a lot of quality time with family yeah. and friends and meaningful relationships. And you start to value that and appreciate that more down the track. Definitely. So I think that's for you business owners out there that are like burning the midnight oil, trying to like hustle and figure out 
you know, how do I make my business more valuable? How do I actually get more revenue? How do I get more leads? All that kind of stuff. I can actually tell you that if you actually take your eyes off that and you actually go and kind of do those other more important things, it, it's counterintuitive, but it actually works to grow revenue and it actually works to grow yeah. leads. The, you know, yes, it's important to focus on it and what gets watched gets managed. That's the famous quote by Peter Drucker. Mm. But, and, and that is important, but it's also about actually taking stock of that and because you are a leader leading by example. If you lead by example, I'm looking at my numbers, I'm doing the things, I'm setting my plan, your team will follow in your footsteps. Yep. I'll give you an example. A client of mine came to me, um, we were talking about, he was looking at exiting. He said, I'm, I don't want to exit now, but it'll be in the next sort of three to five years maybe. And so I want to start thinking about this thing. And, uh, and I said, well, what does exit mean? Do you, need to, do you need to sell the business one day to be able to move on to the next phase of your life? or not, and he said, yes, I do. And I said, okay, do you have a number? Like, do you have a number that you're going for? And um, and he said, yeah, five mil. I said, oh, wow, that was a really quick and distinct answer. So so what what what's behind the five mil? And uh, we sort of scratched below it a little bit, and it was kind of just this, it was a bit of a vague number. He goes, oh, I just kind of worked out that that's roughly what I need to be able to do my next thing. And I said, well, when you say roughly need, I mean, yeah, that's a very specific number. Have you, how much work have you done behind that to know that five million is really your number? And at the end of that, it had just been a bit of mental math. Um, I actually sort of said to him, look, I implore you, go and stress, I can walk you through a process or if you've got a financial planner, advisor, whatever, talk to whoever, talk to your wife, but sit down with a piece of paper and start mapping out your life a little bit and saying, well, actually, what are my overheads as a human? Um, what are all the expenses and things I have coming up? What, do, what is the actual number I need to live on every year? And therefore, now we can project forward and say, well, what do we need to invest to get that? You know, like there was, this sounds obvious to a lot of people, but most people don't do this stuff, right? So he actually took my advice. He rang me about a month, probably two months later, and goes, I, I did what you said. And do you know what? But my number's actually only about three and a half. I, I actually don't need, five, five mil would be lovely. If we do sell, I, I wouldn't say no to it. But realistically, I could take three and a half and be done and I could actually be out of this business a lot sooner. I, I, I could be out in two years now. So what's important to you, right? Like, mm, and for him, for him, it was, I, I, I want to go spend time with family and mm -hmm. you know, the age old thing. We've built an empire. We've taken over the, our little corner of the world anyway. You know, how many business owners and even corporate leaders do you see getting to the tail end of their career and going, oh my goodness, I'm going to pour my time and effort into pro bono work and all the rest of it because clearly something's been missing along the journey. Mm. Mm. So I guess my message is why, why have anything missed along the journey? Why, yeah, why don't yeah. you work out what that is now and, and integrate it, right? So what's your advice for someone who has got a whole, you know, they've, they've, they've got to keep hustling? Like mm. say, for example, um, you know, there's a corporate person trying to finish off and get to a particular point, like maybe they've got 12 months till their long service is due yep. or maybe it's a business owner who's on an earn out mm. or, it's, um, or it's someone saying, actually, I've got to, you know, I still need to do 24 months of growing this thing yep. to kind of get to my number. What's your advice if they're feeling really frustrated and they just want to give up? What's, what's the technique, technique that you give to someone's like, yeah. you just got to hustle this for another two years? Yeah, but how do you make their life so it's less miserable? Do you know, uh, like anything, how do you need? It? How do you eat an elephant, right? It's it, it's one bite at a time. Mm -hmm. And I think too many people, wh where we get vertigo is where you feel like you're standing on the edge of the cliff, and then you look out, and that's when everyone goes, "Whoa, dizzy, losing my feet." Whereas if you actually sit there and go, really, all I need to do is go from this step to that step. 
Um, I'll, I'll relate this for any of you out there listening who've, who've got kids. I'm sure you'll relate to this, but I've got older sisters. And when my wife first got pregnant, um, my, my sister started laughing at me because she said, oh, wow, your life's going to change. And, uh, and I said, yeah, I think that's obvious. We all expect that. But she said, look, when you first have kids, it changes things so much that it, it can feel overwhelming at times. And she said, so my one piece of advice to you is, you know, don't be thinking or worried about what's going to happen in a year. Don't be worried about what's happening in the next quarter. Don't be worried about what's even happening at the end of this month. When you're feeling really, really overwhelmed, there's going to be times where you just need to go day by day. Just get through this day. Mm-hmm. And, and to do that, clearly what you need to say is, if I do nothing else other than that one thing today, it's a good day. And so focus on getting that one thing done. If you have extra time, good on you. But you will always go to bed that night going, today was a good day. And then as you start to get a handle on things a little bit more, pretty soon, and it happens without you realising it, but you stop going from day to day and you start sort of going week by week. And then next you know it's month by month again. And that's when you know life is swimming, things are working, you're making progress. But I think it's very much about having clarity on what is the one thing I need to do that will make me feel comfortable that I've delivered something or I've achieved something. Perfect. Eight elements to your framework? Yep, eight elements, absolutely. And what are they? So planning, leadership, marketing, sales, people, operations, legal, finance. There's eight buckets. And and by the way, what we often see for all those entrepreneurs out there, you are a brilliant sales and marketer, awesome. You're probably gonna score well in those areas because that's your background. But then you might find that people and operations are suffering. It, it's not about how do we become an all-star across all categories. Every business is kind of different levels. The idea is to try to find balance, right? If you could get your levels up, and we do rate everything, by the way, and it's quite a detailed process, but if you can get all of your levels equal at a 50% level, that will perform better than a company that's got some in 80s and some in 30s and, you know, find the balance. That's when, that's when businesses start to run a little more smoothly. It's not perfect, but it will run a little more smoothly, a little more efficiently. Your people will be a bit happier. Now we can collectively take a smarter step forward and work out how do we continue to evolve and grow. Awesome. So if you are feeling kind of frustrated and you don't know what to work on, I mean, there's the next eight days. Just work on one thing in each of those areas. Absolutely. Have a think about them. Yeah, have a think about those elements in your business and, and if there's any glaring problems. We all know our business, right? Like we all have those moments where we're having a cup of coffee or we're lying in bed and we go, that that one or two things that just pick away at me and frustrate me. Right. Well, is there a simple solution to those mm. some of those things? And, and by the way, gosh, if I can give one piece of advice to everybody today, please don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perf- imperfect, inact- imperfect action is better than perfect planning, mm. right? Work out part of the problem, take a step, solve that, then take another step. Yeah. And that's how our two organisations work together. Like next practice is all about set a 90-day plan, get shit done. If you're struggling, we can help you focus on the right things. Um I've thought of a thousand books while we've been talking. Um, book recommendations. Book recommendations. Uh, there's a lot of them out there. I think for a lot of companies I talk to, um, scaling is a big issue. And so I think for anybody who's read Scaling Up or Traction, mm-hmm. I think they're both fabulous books. Mm-hmm. And, and I think mostly because they, they, talk to, they give a framework to people to get some rigour in their business. Um, that's, that's often lacking. So I think if you're looking to scale, those two businesses are brilliant. Um, if you're thinking about um, getting out and actually selling one day, um, the book Built to Sell by John Warlow is fabulous. 
Um, I'll give another one. Sorry, I love my books. I'm Go sure ahead. you do too. Go but um, Yeah, you can't tell. One of the big, one of the big <laughs> yeah. things I always hear is I talk to people about building recurring revenue in their business. And, and you know, the most common reaction I get is, oh, yeah, you know, subscription, blah, blah, yeah, I get it. That doesn't work in our industry. And, and that is literally the most common reaction I get. And to that, I would say to you, um, John Warlow wrote another book called The Automatic Customer, um, and it talks about nine recurring revenue models, right? All very, very different. And I'm yet to find a client who can't at least get a portion of their revenue covered by one of those models. So it builds value. It gets you out of your business. It does so many wonderful things that makes your life better. Mm. So, yeah, depends on where you're at, but hey, there's lots of books out there, right? We're absolutely case study. You know, we, we change the industry in terms of recurring revenue in, in, in this business. So, um, you know, in an industry that was dead against it, and it has been a hard climb. Yeah. But, um, but it certainly, um, I believe it can be done, and we look at hundreds of, well, we look at thousands of businesses every year, and yep. ourselves, when we're looking at process improvement and productivity, um, absolutely agree. Um, so, survey time. Got a big audience. Sometimes they comment. We'll, we'll splinter up these videos for everybody. Your questions to the audience. So if you were doing a poll asking, say, four things, in fact, mm. let's put it on LinkedIn. Yep. So when you see this poll on LinkedIn, it's come from this interview. Four questions. What's the poll subject and what are the four questions you want to ask? Do you know, one of the big things I like to ask people is, so how long do you want to keep doing this? Mm -hmm. and, and that's not a saying when do you want to sell your company? It's how long do you want to keep doing what you're doing right now with your time, your most valuable resource? Mm -hmm. um, for a lot of people, that is running their company. Mm -hmm. um, and, and let's be honest, it takes up a third of your life. It's probably, for many people, 70 80% of their net worth. Um, it's an enormous investment. Um, so how long do you want to keep doing that? Because even for those people hustling that you're saying at the moment, like they're, they're deep in the thick of it, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's hard to think about what else they can do with their time because there's mm -hmm. just so many things mm -hmm. going on. But geez, how, how long can you keep running like that? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, that, that, that takes a toll, right, on us physically, mentally, all the rest of it. So how long do you want to keep doing this? Um, is it a year? Is it, is it three years? Is it five plus years? Um, start to have a bit of a think about that because, you know, this is some of the deepest, most important questions you're going to be asking of yourself, right? Um, so that's, that's one of the big ones. How long do you want to keep doing this? Um, I think too, like, you know, if you start breaking down and, and, and I don't know how you can put some of this on a, on a poll because some of it is, our biggest challenge, Kobe, is, is, you know, it's such a deep personal issue that so many people don't want to put things out there on necessarily LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we talked about the name Exit Advisory Group, right? Like I, I, I turn up to a lot of offices and say, it's Simon from EAG, so I don't set alarm bells off. Mm -hmm. um, the amount of people that say to me, Simon, I Sounds see like you. a bank. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So many of my clients, though, they'll say to me, oh, I see your stuff on LinkedIn. I've read your blogs. I see your stuff. And when you post, I, I, I really resonated and I wanted to say something, but I was worried that people would see that I commented and then draw conclusions about what I was trying to do. So I, so I do think it's a bit of a challenge. But how long do you want to keep doing things? What's really, really important to you? Pick one personal factor one kind of work factor and one health factor. There's three stool, three legs to every stool, right? You're, the mm -hmm. stool is your life. Uh, if you don't, if one of those legs breaks, the stool falls over. So you need to have have fulfilment in each of those three areas, and that's where we talk about trying to have a little bit of balance, right? So, what have you picked? One thing in each of those areas that 
you can kind of hang your hat on and go, if I do nothing else, that's, that's what I'm going to get done in that area of my life. Okay. Last one. This is a hard one. Challenging question to ask me that you've been busting to ask. Oh, man. Anything. Yeah. You can ask me anything. So, you know, one of the things that um, uh, one of the people in my team was, was checking out your stuff and, um, and the person in my team said, and I'm trying to get the term here right, they said, Kobe is, um, seems omnipresent. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, mate, you've got a great message. I, I love what you do with best practice. You know, it so aligns with what we talk about in terms of not just building value, but actually building a better business and, and, and building happier people. So we see you out there sharing that message with the world. And I think, you know, knowing you the way I do, that, that's very much about actually adding value to people's lives. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what I love about you and what mm-hmm. you do. Um, so how you get your message out there is actually really critical. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it goes beyond business. It goes, beyond, it goes around changing lives. Mm-hmm. So um, my biggest question to you is, you know, from your perspective, how do you approach having the biggest possible impact Mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. which i think is about getting your message out really isn't it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's a couple of things so <clears throat> you know the, the question that i that i constantly ask myself is how can i be more influential obviously we're using you know social media we're using it at scale mm. and um but a lot of the people watching this video are not necessarily watching right now they're going to watch over a period of time so my question is how can i be more influential mm. i think i start with really simply following the advice of simon Sinek. Start with why. Yeah. So our, you know, the 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 mission is to help organisations to be great places to work. Yep. To help organisations to create great buying experiences, so that they, you know, I have a huge amount of empathy for the clients and the customers of our clients, mm. and then to help those organisations to be great investments. Yeah. So anything under that is fair game. But the question is why. Yeah. The question is why. So here's the thing, right? It's actually quite selfish. Because it's like a coin that we can flip. Why is it selfish? Because A, I can claim bragging rights if I helped an organization and someone says, that's an amazing place to work. I really enjoyed my time there. Or I moved from this company to this company and it's absolutely fantastic. Mm. I can actually claim, I can brag, I can get pride because I helped that person A, change their mindset or B, help the organization improve. And I contributed to the culture and I can say that was because of me. The buying experience. If someone comes to me raving about a brand yep. and like I bought whatever it was, like I had this buying experience, I, I bought a service, I bought a product, I did a thing, that brand is absolutely amazing. If that brand has has been attached to best practice or it's been attached to work or you know, we, we're here to empower improvement in 100 million companies, that's our big, hairy, audacious goal. Yep. I'm not interested in the commercials on that. Yeah. I'm interested in the bragging rights. Yep. Like, like it's selfish, right? It's ego. It's all ego. And then from that perspective, if someone can say to me, I had an investment in my own business, I had an investment in a share, a stock, a something, mm. and it was a great investment and it paid off and that thing rewarded me financially because of something that you did, mm. I can brag for that too. Yep. So it's kind of, you know, so, so it does come back to like, how do you scale that impact? So... It's a, it's a tough one. Yeah. So we, you know, we got to, it's it's all the leadership principles that are kind of ABC. You got to ask great questions. You got mm. to get people thinking. You got to put in positive energy. You got to do all that kind of stuff. But 
But in terms of, you know, in terms of growth, I think there's some mechanical stuff we can do face to face. Like we had our team, you know, it does start with one person. Yeah. But I like what you're saying there, you know, like you've used the word brag and, and, you know, some people get your context on that and some people bristle at the word brag even. But mm-hmm. I, but, but I think, and the way I'm interpreting that is it's actually being able to go, I, I quietly just even into myself feel really good about the impact we've had on you. Absolutely. And, and I don't actually need to tell anybody else about that. It's, it's, it's knowing that, hey, I've made a difference today. And then how do you take that beautiful experience and, and enlarge it, make it bigger, Absolutely. have more impact, impact more people. And so I, I, I really love that. Um, and I had a client the other day saying to me, you know, thanking me for the time and everything else, I said, hey, look, it's a two-way street here. I've actually had a wonderful experience here. I've really enjoyed this. Mm. Because, like you say, very selfishly, but I, I, I feel great for the contribution we've also made. It's doing so, meaningful work. Yeah, you know? absolutely. It's doing meaningful work. And I think, you know, when I say bragging rights, it's pride. So I'll, yeah. I'll give you a small case yeah. study. I get, I get hundreds of thousands of messages from people and I get this text message from, from someone a couple of weeks back. They sent me pictures of from the back of a meeting room Mm. and the back, actually, the back of a staff kitchen in an office and the back of a meeting room of um, their team having a the the very first town hall meeting. Yep. So the CEO kind of built the confidence to kind of get up and run this town hall meeting. Never done it before, Mm. never done kind of an all company meeting. Didn't value the investment of people's time. I'm not going to pay 50 people to sit around for two hours and yeah. while they listen to me talk. You know, you've all we've heard it before, right? Mm. But the agenda, uh, the the emotional and physical outcomes yeah. um, in, in all of the people involved yeah. on that day, the score of is this a great place to work went from a two out of ten to a five out of ten. Yeah. Yeah. You know. But you, you've got a really good point there in terms of how the score goes. Most people don't actually even track it. They don't. They don't ask their staff for, for, for feedback, let alone their customers, right? So it's it's you know we worked with a client, a similar thing. We were doing strategic planning, and of course starting with the vision, mission, values, that sort of stuff. And and you know I'm paraphrasing, but he says, oh, you know I don't really get into all this fluffy crap. You mm-hmm. know can't can't we just? And I said, well, what do you normally talk to your staff about? Oh well, let's just do what we did last year plus a little bit more. And I said, wow, that is the most uninspiring thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, yeah. no, yeah. you know, and we surveyed his staff and a lot of them were miserable, yeah. you know. So, wait, this sense of why, this sense of purpose is actually really important because whilst you as the business owner can enjoy some of the financial benefits of, of growth and performance, mm-hmm. most people in your team actually don't see that. No. So, so what are you giving to them to actually inspire them to want to turn up every day? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So where can people find you? Uh, LinkedIn's a great place. Um, what I would say is, please, I get a lot of connection requests, so I'm very happy to connect with people. But if you send me a connection request, put a little message. Say that you heard me, you know, on the on the podcast with best practice, talking to Kobe, whatever. Just put in a little note because then I know that it's a kind of more of a genuine outreach. Mm-hmm. Um, you can hit us up on exitadvisory.com.au. But, uh, yeah, LinkedIn and the website. Look, mm-hmm. I'm a... I'm a a reasonably accessible kind of guy. So always happy to chat and have a, have a good conversation with people. Awesome. So this has been Talking Business. Absolutely fantastic talking to you. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Some great value for everybody there. So I want you guys to go away and think about your map. So if you're, if you're a team member and you're watching this or if you're a business owner and you're watching this, 
It's the same advice, it's the same question. So don't watch this and think this doesn't apply to me. It absolutely does. You got this far through the video, so let's actually make this work for you. So I want your organization to be a great place to work. I want it to be a great place to buy from, and I want your organization to be a great investment. And so from that perspective, have a think about it. What can you do to improve culture today? What can you do to improve the experience of your team members around you? What can you do today that will increase and improve your customer's experience? Mm. Maybe think for this afternoon or after you watch this particular video, have a think about a customer that you name by first name, you know by first name. Is there a customer out there you can think of? Tomorrow, have a think about what you can do to improve their experience. If you don't know a customer by name, go find one, find out their name, introduce yourself to them and ask them, what can we do to improve your customer's experience? Have a think about who your investors are, what can we do to improve this as an investment? So if you're the business owner, that's you. If you guys are part of operating that organization, have a think about that too, because that's our mission here at Best Practice is to empower improvement in 100 million companies globally. This has been Talking Business, we'll see you right here if you don't see me on Instagram, we'll see you right here if you don't see me on LinkedIn, we'll see you right here if you don't see me on TikTok. Now, it's been quite entertaining on TikTok, so if you're not following us on TikTok, please go, go and find my handle, at Kobe Simmet on TikTok, and read the hate comments. They're absolutely <laughs> hilarious. And so if you don't see us in any of those platforms, you'll definitely see us right here next time on Best Practice TV. Bye for now.